1: Hello and welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We are in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet, the charity fighting knife crime with ice skating all across the UK. And we are in partnership with Hockey Art Co., the clothing company for you hockey fans. Worn by the best, hated by the rest. Zero Pucks Given listeners get a 10% discount on everything on the Hockey Art Co. website. If you enter the code ZP10 upon checkout, You'll get your discount on anything that you like from their website. So go there and check it out once you finish listening to this, of course. This is episode 35. We have got some challenge games. We've got the start of the season where we've got all the match reports, some coaches thoughts as well. And we're going to preview the entire Britain season with Anthony Russell from Banners on the Wall. Anthony was kind enough to join us again after joining us to review the season last year. And it was an incredibly popular episode, so we're hoping that these ones will be just as good. So we're going to get through all of the games from this weekend. Then we're going to preview the Chumps for Chieftains in this episode. Then after that, we're going to have seven separate episodes for all the other teams. We're in for the long haul. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get cracking. Unfortunately, the hot weather and some technical difficulties with keeping the ice frozen at Planet Ice Milton Keynes, Planet Ice Basingstoke and Planet Ice Peterborough meant there wasn't quite as much hockey as there should have been this season, particularly the MK versus Phantoms 2 challenge game second leg. But MK did head down to Streatham for the opening game of the league season and the Britain Cup group stages on Sunday. The High Road managed to keep their ice frozen in the 30-plus heat in the West London as last season's top and bottom teams went head-to-head. Head. No minutes on the goals, unfortunately, but Chris Beale keeps a pretty active feed, so I can't really blame him for that. The Redhawks took the lead in the first when Miles found Josh Lee Newman around the back of the net and he fed Benny Lee Newman in front to make it 1-0. Seconds later, it was 2 when Ewan Hill intercepted and went unassisted for 2-0. A few minutes later, Hill made it 3 with apples to Beasley and Callum Burnett. Callum Ballette then missed an empty net before Ingoldsby intercepted in the neutral zone and went round Norton for 4-0. Hill turned provider soon after when he had found Skokan, who rifled home through the five hole for 5-0 inside the first 10 minutes. The first finished 5-0. Into the second, and Stretton put the pressure on early, but Norton holding stronger than he did in the first. MK had a chance to pull one back, but Hamill hit the iron. After that, Beasley would definitely be keeping the doctor away with the second apple of the game. This time, Josh Ely newman goes low under Norton for 6-0. Brandon Miles went for a sit down for roughing, and in the power play, despite great work from both Hamills for MK, Skokin and Ben Ely Newman were able to free Josh Ely Newman for his second shorthanded. Some physical play between Warman and Cameron Hamill saw Carter take exception and drop the gloves for Brandon Miles. A fairly one-sided affair, but fair play to Hamill, who may have not been aware of the Streatham Enforcers' reputation. After the melee with two penalties to each side, it remained even handed, and Josh Ely Newman got his hat trick, assisted by Callum Burnett. At the end of the second, 8-0. The third saw a very end-to-end fair with both, net, both Netties having the best of it, Milton making saves from Hamill, Austin and Bryan, but it was Streatham who got the goal early in the third when a wing attack from Martin saw him source the puck into the middle where Red Hawks player coach Ben Painter tipped in for 9-0. A much improved Milton Keynes from last year's result on paper. After the game, Ben Painter gave me his thoughts.
2: It felt good to get our... Um first league game in the books and first couple of points on the board um i think as a team we, we we played well um we we sort of had a a good attitude going into the game i think as i said on air last last week that i wasn't very happy with our um our performance against Invicta over the pre-season weekend um but i think with the sun shining and, and it being pre-season i don't think the boys were really in it i think they weren't ready um and yes but yes they, the the mood felt felt way better in the room before the before the game it was it, sort of the feeling was better you could tell the boys were up for it um obviously uh a game where we we, we came out nine nine nil winners um probably not uh the most exciting game to watch. Um, but you know what? As a team, I'm I'm happy with how we performed. we were playing the right way, doing the right things. Um, in a game like that, people can often sort of get a bit greedy and a bit selfish, and there, there was none of that. We, we we were moving the puck well, and and sort of had a real good team performance. Um, Milt's in net um, with a shutout, um, and you know what? It was a it was a deserved shutout. He didn't have loads of shots, but he was tested and and um, and made some big saves. Uh, and yeah, it was uh I'm pleased with, with how we played, how we conducted ourselves. Um I sort of put an emphasis towards the end of the game to make sure we're solid defensively, tight up defensively and, and sort of work on those defensive things and we were good all over the ice. I think there wasn't many passengers, we didn't really have any guys that were was not, not sort of not sort of um performing and everyone was going and yeah, it was um it was good to get the first two points on the le- on, on the board and we, we look forward to a, a weekend next week that is gonna be a bit tougher playing Romford and, and Slough and we know what both of those teams bring and it's uh, yeah it'll be uh, another challenge for us next week but we're building and working week by week
1: a huge thank you to Ben Painter for taking his time to send me his coach's thoughts after the 9-0 win over Milton Keynes back onto the challenge fixtures then and this time we're with the Romford Buccaneers as they head around the A406 and up the hill to Alexandra Palace as they face the Harringay Huskies from NHL 2 although we're led to believe this will be their last season at that level and will join the Britain division next season. So it was South 2 versus South 1 in this two-game series and quite a quite a fast first period at Ali Pali saw it stay goalless after 20 minutes. But into the second, the Buccaneers youngsters were showing their class as Joe Tamarlin put them ahead. Brinley Caps added a second before the 40-minute mark and got his second senior goal in the third to make it a resounding 3-0 for the Romford side up at the Palace. The Huskies will head to the Sapphire on Sunday with revenge in their sights. Sapphire Ice in Romford certainly got the better show from the two sides. The Huskies took the lead midway through the first through Ryan Gidiki, unassisted but were quickly pegged back by a Nathan Longall for the Buccaneers. Into the second and the Huskies retook the lead through Stuart Appleby, much to the delight of the travelling fans, and held that lead through the second. Into the third and Romford turned up the pressure, first equalising through Kobe and then taking the lead through Donald Campbell. But Huskies pulled it back late and made it 3-3 when Joe Trial went unassisted late on. The game went into overtime. The Bucks took the game 4-3 with an overtime winner. Sorry, no scorer on that. And after the game, Jason Buckman gave me his thoughts on how he thought his side played
2: over the weekend. Yeah, two good really competitive games uh, for pre-season against Harangay Huskies um, Saturday thought both teams were probably a little bit slow out the blocks but um, I think the boys finished a stronger team um, to take the 3-0 win and uh, it was really satisfying to see um, Joe Tomlin and uh, Brindley Caps score their uh, first senior goals so that was good for the club um, Sunday's game um, we added a couple more bodies and I think Harangay did as well. Um, so again it was a it was a close competitive encounter. Um, we finally came away with a win 4-3 in OT. Um, but yeah, lots of the guys logged viable minutes under their belts uh, for fitness and um, tough week of training and get ready for the weekend
1: league fixtures. On to the final challenge game of pre-season then, as Slough Jets and Chelmsford Chieftains went head-to-head in a two-game series, starting Saturday night at everyone active in Slough. A slightly delayed start at the hangar due to some traffic issues on the M25, welcome back to travelling for hockey. Chieftains found themselves shorter benched than their hosts, with the suspensions, injuries and holidays causing the shortness, but Lewis Clifford had all his new signings and imports available to him. First blood, however, was drawn by the hosts as Goodchild and Ross assisted Christian Moore for an even-handed goal on 4.28. A few minutes later, Grant Bartlett headed to the box for slashing on 8.17, but the Chiefs managed to kill the penalty. There was a double penalty a few minutes later when Alan Lack and Ty Cathcart went to the box for roughing on 12.57. The Chiefs had another power play opportunity shortly after that when Luke Dreeland went in for tripping on 15.32, but the Jets managed to kill that one off. As the first was drawing to a close, the blue touch paper was lit and old rivalries were rekindled when Ty Cathcart and Grant Bartlett clashed on 19-10, seeing the Chieftain's number no. 9 get 5-plus game and a game from misconduct. The first finished 1-0. Into the second and the Chieftains struck early as Reid and Holden Barnes-Garner assisted the newest signing, Canadian Damon Porter, who opened his account for the Essex side on 2025. Three more power play chances went begging for the Chieftains as the second finished 1-1. Into the third at the hangar and the penalties continued to flow. Cathcart and Seb Moore for Jets, Dan Fay for Chiefs, all taking a seat through the period. As the game began to wind down, the home side nits ahead when Jacob Minter and Soper assisted Lewis English to give the home side the lead on 53-28. Some late penalties saw King, Lack and Fay sit for the Chieftains, Dreeland and Cathcart for the Jets. And in a late power play, the Jets finished in style as Captain Redmond and Hemmings Mayer assisted Jack Goodchild to make it 3-1 on the night and it's all back to the Riverside on Sunday. Chieftain's shorter bench than their opponents again after losing Grant Bartlett, but welcoming back James Pentecost. They got the game underway and it was a slower start than usual. Perhaps the heat outside or last night's escapades had affected both teams. But when Redmond got two for hooking on 313, the Chieftains power play team put the pressure on quickly, penning the Jets into their defensive zone. And after Pentecost moved the puck behind the net to Moltsev, who found Alan Lack in front of goal, the new Chieftains captain smashed past Brett Massey on 435 for a power play goal. Seconds after the goal, both teams took penalties, Bulldog for boarding for Chelmsford and Seb Moore for cross-checking for Slough left it even-handed and Slough attacked down the Chieftain's right with Lingren feeding Goodchild, who slid the puck across the point where Christian Moore tapped in for 1-1 on 5 2 A bit of disruption two minutes later when Alan Lack and Ty Cathcart got five each for fighting, Faye and Erskine joined for two minutes for roughing, and when the officials eventually got the game restarted, there were two pucks on the ice, so it quickly stopped again. On 11-18, Lewis English took two for cross-checking, plus two for unsportsmanlike conduct, and the bench took two for unsportsmanlike conduct. So the Chiefsmen had a period of five on three, worked the puck side to side of the offensive zone, eventually with Rayner and Pentecost, assisting Sasha Maltsev, who smashed the puck inside Massey's near post for 2-1. A late tripping penalty for Ben Russell meant Chiefs would start the second on the penalty kill, but the first finished 2-1. The second period saw both teams work hard in their defensive zones, and new Chieftains Chetty, Nettie Jordan-Lorday certainly adhered himself to the new fans with a series of outstanding saves. Neither side could add to the goals, so it went to the third, still 2-1. Chieftains took three penalties in the first ten of the third. Some, I'm sure, were only seen by the stripes on the ice, but that's the way it goes sometimes. And after Kieran Rayner was released following a slashing penalty, he made it count immediately, getting released down the right. And despite having support from the very impressive Damon Porter, he lashed the puck home to rapturous applause from the crowd. Almost immediately after the restart, Rayner was sent to sit down again, this time for elbows, and on that power play, Slough managed to squeeze the puck home from close range, Christian Moore with the finish, and again apples to Erskine and Minter. The game finished 3-2, fully deserved Man of the match awards for Christian Moore and Jordan Lorde, and all the new Chieftains players put in solid shifts to the delight of the fans, and surely to the delight of head coach Lewis Clifford. Now we're done with the match reports, we are going to get on to our Britain division preview with Anthony Russell from Banners on the Wall. Zero pucks given in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet and with Hockey Art Co. We're with Anthony Russell from Banners on the Wall. How are you doing this evening, sir?
0: Uh, Not too bad, not too bad. I I did it the last time, so I'll do it this time as well, Not just to to pull back the curtain ever so slightly. Uh, My webcam died. (laughs) <laughs> just as I was starting to load up the call. So I have had to reinstall my webcam. Uh, so hopefully this functions. Uh, but no, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, my, uh, my good man. The, the the proper season is nearly upon us uh, from, a, from a national division perspective, which is where I put a lot of my focus. Although I'm going to be a bit of everywhere this year. So I'm you just kind of gearing up for the whole lot. Gearing up for everything, all, so, all at once.
1: So touching on how close we are to the season, you were having a bit of a, <laughs> a, a personal celebration yesterday with a, a wedding anniversary. Yeah,
0: 13 years I've been married. So And, you, I've been and doing... you've been
1: doing this for 12?
0: Yeah. So how the, well-timed
1: um... was that? Was it just before the season started?
0: It was pure coincidence, actually, more <laughs> than the fact, because the, uh, the, the the original kind of birth of Banners on the Wall was born out of the fact that I used to just, on my per- on my personal account, um i just tweet about games and just be really sarcastic and stuff and then when the bison as an organization asked me to start doing their stuff um it must have been about january must have been about january of 2010 so i did it for quite a while uh, no sorry january 2011 it must have been and i was just like i just need an outlet and so i'd been married about six months when when Botw started. Um, but yeah, it was like I said, it was all born out of the fact that I was just I had to behave. I had to behave on the club Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I kind of had to kind of roll on and, and do bits and pieces of that. But yeah, my wife is a my wife is is, is not a hockey fan per se. She 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 what she, she likes it rather than loves it in the same way I do. Um, she'll keep tabs on kind of what's going on just to kind of see where I am. Um, and yeah, I think and you know she she sat through. Hull Stingrays Rick Stracken trap hockey to be uh to come out with me one night. So it's definitely definitely worth keeping. That's that's a reference to very old watches of hockey, but uh the um but yeah, you know, it's uh she, she stuck around and uh, I'm, I'm well past the point where she can take me back to the shops now.
1: <laughs> I was at my wedding anniversaries in the summer and I got married in an odd year, so it clashed with no sporting event whatsoever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I missed the beginning of a season. I missed the slight beginning, uh, like the first week or two of a season, but I, I swapped out watching the bases at Bison and I did see on our honeymoon, we saw a preseason game between the New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils at Madison Square Garden. So not only did I see... Uh, Martin Brodeur, but my wife and I are big professional wrestling fans, and uh, Brett the Hitman Hart came out and did some like thing before the before the the, the puck drop. So I, I I can balance it out in my head just
1: about. No one can complain about that either.
0: Mm-hmm. Not, not even not Definitely especially when not. they're
1: being taken to the greatest city on earth.
0: <laughs> Didn't look like Berlin, but that's fine. Um... <laughs> oh well,
1: yeah. To each their so, own. That one, I think,
0: isn't it? very much so very very much so on that but yes
1: so we the last half, time we, we spoke about. we have the last time we spoke we were reviewing the britain season mm-hmm. you were by far the most requested person to come back onto zero pucks given after last year everyone was uh, very much enjoyed your appearance so i, I could do nothing else other than pest you to say will you come back and preview it with me
0: no problem and thank you to all three of those people who requested me the check is in the post <laughs> But no, I'm excited. I'm really excited about South One this year. Um the for people who, who are more South One focused who are who are who aren't aware, um, from a banners on the wall perspective, I spent all this time focusing on the bases. So bison are obviously not playing this year. So I've kind of I'm kind of doing a bit of a tour of places that I normally didn't kind of get a, a a chance to go to um people always sort of said to me anthony why do you not do more games here or do more games here and literally it's probably one of the reasons why i've been married for 13 years and it's compromised was just a case of i spend my weekends not just doing hockey but i spend weekends with my wife and with my family and now i don't have i don't necessarily have a team per se so it's now a case of i get to kind of go out and go and see more bits and pieces i'm going you know i'm going to go to places i just couldn't have the opportunity to go to because i didn't have the time or the resource and also now where botw transitions now to becoming about all of the nihl all of the time it's going to be it you know south one as a division is kind of moving into a into a space now where i i think it's probably going to be one of the one of if not the most competitive division this year and I think it's just because of the way some of these rosters are built I think we're going to be in for an exciting year down south this year this is going to, this is going to be interesting
1: yeah I very much agree and obviously I'm in a similar boat having last year mainly been focused on the Chieftains whereas this year I've kind of expanded to cover the entire league um getting out to see as much hockey as you do is, is a physical impossibility for me as, as a as understanding as my wife is it's um i'm very but very much geographically located in the east so I, i'm pretty much stuck with what i've got out here yeah but we're, um... well i'm
0: right on the south coast I'm in, I'm in southampton i go any further south i'm in the water yeah um <laughs> which, which makes my decision to drive all the way to dumfries in november a bit of a feel a little bit silly but um I'm that, that's gonna be a lot of fun but yeah the yeah, South One. South One looks South One looks really cracking. I'm really I'm really excited to kind of see. There's been so much change even since April, where we where we kind of looked at the end of last year. This is going to be, a, you know, there's so much good stuff to kind of get our teeth into here.
1: Yeah, and there seems to have been an awful lot of national players. Obviously, with the Bison not playing, there was that that group of players were available mm. um, to to sort of be picked off by by as many teams as possible. But there has been a massive influx of national league players into the South One. And it's where I think it's probably not blurred the line entirely, but I would imagine the gap between national and one is now smaller than it was, and the gap between one and two is probably slightly increased
0: I think it's a I think that's interesting when you consider the results of this past weekend where you think of the games between Harringay and the Romford Buccaneers, which are actually obviously Romford did come out on top in both of those games against against Harringay, but the very, very clearly um you know, two very, very competitive games where things were very, very close, mm-hmm. whereas uh, Bristol took on D side and D side are, are one North side. And I mean, the scores kind of resembled like the first couple of overs of a 2020 cricket game, like yeah. Bristol put in put on double figures on top of the on top of the Dragons and the Dragons are not a bad side. uh comparatively speaking. And and you know, unfortunately for fans of South One, you can't say mean things about the North given the fact that a northern side has won the national title two years in of a course, row, albeit, yeah. albeit they've gone. But um
1: I will be joined um, by Graham Hamilton next week actually to to discuss the
0: North. And Blackburn's Blackburn's a fascinating club this year as mm. well because they've made some really really good additions. But the um but yeah the, the gap I think uh, is it it's probably there's probably been a, like a good forward stride um i think a few of these guys dropping down and and a lot of this will be to do with the rules regarding players over the age of 25 yeah um which in somewhat you know which i you know i was i was chatting to um i was chatting to the chat from the dragons den which is a d side focus kind of blog and he was sort of saying you know how people kind of taking it and and i'm probably the wrong person to ask because i look at this sort of thing of like we're going to make sure that teams have to play younger players good that's what we should be doing mm. um, at, the, at the national division level. If we're, if we're wanting to pull through players to get towards a spot where the elite league is a possibility for them, they need really good ice time at a really, really good level. And I can, you know, there's all I can all those players that are sort of sitting in my head now who are like 18, 19, 20, 21. And yes, it has meant that some guys have dropped down. Um, into south one but it's also making coaches take chances um mm-hmm. in both directions both in terms of that veteran presence and those younger guys that they're kind of pulling in to uh pulling you know pulling up to give chances to because some guys don't want to play south one some guys don't want to Uh, some guys don't want the travel some guys will have jobs pulling them in different directions some guys will kind of take it as a sign that it's time to to step away Uh, and some yeah some guys just don't want to sit on a bus for six hours to the south of Scotland
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, there's certainly a lot a lot of commitment required across all levels but in the National League the travel is, is just unbelievable
0: yeah. But I mean, you think about it as well. You think about how South One, South One for all of its for all of its foibles, it's actually relatively well in, enclosed. Whereas if you are playing for the Invicta Mustangs, there's an away trip to Cardiff on your, yeah. uh, you know, on your docket. Um, don't get that in, in South One. No, uh, I, th- you know. I think
1: probably Chumpsford to Gosport is probably the furthest trip.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it's yeah. a, and that's that's just the way it kind of shakes out. Of course, I mean, you and I spoke last time about the fact that um, it would be nice if there was more of a balance between the amount of teams in South One and South Two, but I think the you know the the teams that are in South Two are kind of there by choice. We've obviously had Harringay Poker's head about the power pit and say we want to come up and they're going and that's the plan for next year, obviously. But, you know, having spoken to, um, you know, sort of my chats with, with Josh Sherrington from the Guildford Phoenix recently, having sort of written an article about him, like the guys in Guildford are the, the mission for those guys in Guildford is about playing for Guildford because they don't get the opportunity to play for the Flames, but they get to represent the town and the junior system and the things that, you know, they, that they grew up with and, you know in and the mustangs it's you know it's a different kettle of fish you know cuz you know cuz of the sort of circumstances around the guys there and some of them are stepping up to the dynamos but you know it's a you know south 2 is a is a real catch you know a real melting pot of guys doing things for different reasons it's development it's keeping your eye in it's just playing for a bit of fun and a few few beers on the bus with them with your mates kind of thing whereas south yeah. 1 has always had that much more like this is a league Thing, <laughs> you yeah. know, as a South too, because it's got so many teams that you get a real hodgepodge of kind of teams doing it and the methodologies of doing it as well. So, yeah, and
1: and as long as the, those that want to play all get to play, then it's it's all good. Yes. So breaking down this uh, <clears throat> this division, mm. I put a vote out on my on my Instagram earlier this week and asked what everyone wanted from this. Yep. Do do you want one massive, probably two hour long episode, or do you want? <laughs> eight individual ones Yep. the uh everyone went for eight individuals which is absolutely fine it just means that when we're done this I've got to cut it up <laughs> and, yeah. and sort of the on but the youtube will be one whole big long thing so I can leave that bit alone I've just got to cut up the audio so yeah, for yeah, yeah. for this episode we are going to start with Chumpsford. um obviously they're the team that I follow the team this podcast is mainly about although it's obviously encompassing the league but we're going to start with obviously Lewis Clifford has come in fantastic experience from above south one Mm-hmm. A lot of players sort of with him down to that level. A great roster he's put together, if not a little small.
0: Yeah. Light, I think, is probably the fact that I mean you're yeah. listed as having the chieftains are listed as, as having 70 and 10 forwards. Ten forwards isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, in my per, in my personal opinion. I think and, and what I find interesting, of course, is that a club with a division two side underneath it isn't pulling up a couple of those a couple of those youngsters to be full two ways on the roster Mm. and maybe that's just cliff's you know uh lack of time to be knowledgeable fully about what's there but imagine i'd
1: imagine we may see that because this weekend we did see uh, eden rolf and matt tilbrook did play up this weekend and that's good to hear uh, both did well
0: yeah, that's really good to hear and i think that's the and i think the interesting thing as well is that, that having having a 10 a 10 man forward crew to kind of start the season actually that's a shot across the bow to those youngsters in the warriors and the under 18s of like the space next man up who wants it mm. who's going to come up who's going to come and who's going to be at training and really put in put in that effort and put in that shift and make themselves be in that position where they they should be picked right and um, and i think and, but that's also very cliff as well you know he's been he's always been very very good about giving guys chances and making sure that you know that you know you can have your chance and if you do well you get another one if you do well you'll get another one so I, I'm interested to see what what Chieftain's fans make of his coaching style um, having seen it at Mil- having seen it at Milton Keynes I mean it, it can work uh, I've obviously seen times where it has and I've seen times where it's not and um, and I think what I think the thing for for Chelmsford though, that's a very that's a very big decor. And yes. the, the back at the back end of Chelmsford, obviously, the return of the Bartlett's is the thing that has very naturally gotten the fans excited. But the the back end here and being able to run a six, probably a seven, kind of depending on what, what happens with Ollie Nags, um, is is really is really really good. And it's not just six guys as a minimum, it's six guys who've had experience who've got quality you've not completely binned off your decor you've kept a few guys from last year but a south one decor that can add ben russell and jay king who has like 200 games of elite league experience under Mm. his belt and however many and like nearly the better part of 200 second tier games as well like you yeah there isn't a lot of forwards that D, <laughs> yeah. that D, and Jordan Law Day at South One.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I tell you, he impressed this weekend. There was that the crowd that were there Sunday night it wasn't a massive crowd, but everyone that was there was mightily impressed with Jordan Law Day on Sunday, and and we discussed last year. Obviously, we, had finished sixth. I uh, so, uh, tell a life. sorry, fifth, but they would have finished a lot lower if not for Lucas Tassadri. Because the amount of shots he was facing, yeah, just did him no favors whatsoever. And I think that Cliff has combated that with this D. And mm. of all the Ds they've got in there, they could easily be line one and line two. There's not many that you'd easily say don't make a line one, line two.
0: And you think about those those uh, guys from the national division that have stepped down, like you know Ben Ben Russell can put can put a couple of points on the board. Jay mm. doesn't. <laughs> no. I love Jay King. To, I love Jay King to death. Jay King is a, is a you know, people bemoan the lack of characters in british hockey and i'm not sure why because you've got people like jay king still knocking around um but jay is a, a you know, for for the exuberant effervescent personality that jay is he is your he is your carbon copy Textbook stay at home D man, mm-hmm. which is really, I think, and we talked about this at the end of last year like the amount of shots. I think we looked at something ridiculous like 47 or 49 shots a game, Chelmsford were averaging against. So the ability to add a guy who is just a big, a big body who will get in the way Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's massive. And also his goalie from last year, who he knows is, <laughs> is behind him? him. So yeah. he knows what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, it was joined online one by Ethan Reed, and and Ethan Reed is capable of putting points on the board, so you don't really need two stay at home D men. But if you've got one that can put some points up,
0: mm. uh, yeah, that exactly.
1: does make the thing. Yeah, and I said the Bartlett's returning was a big deal for a lot of the fans. Um, as I've said to a lot of them, the thing is they're going to need replacing eventually. Mm. Um, they're not going to be there forever, so work probably needs to be done now around getting getting them replaced.
0: Yeah, but I think there's a I think there's a real argument in terms of in terms of Chelmsford, and you know, Cam and Grant have earned the right to go to come in and go out on their own terms, especially absolutely. when it comes to Chelmsford, irrespective of who owns the club, right? And the so they are never going to be in a position where I, I you know unless something really catastrophic happens, you know, they're never going to be forced out per se. Oh, they are going to be allowed. No. They're going to be allowed to. To pick and choose when and where they go, Mm. Um, I think that you know it's not the it's not the youngest of forward calls by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I mean obviously you know insert Sasha Maltsev reference here um, (laughs) because you know he is very much a child, Um, but. and, you know, obviously in a position where he's going to be able to get to play, he's going to get to play a lot more this year than he did last year. Because, of course, of the issues with having, you know, having your imports and having imports on the ice that you now don't have to worry about. Yeah. Um, But I, I think this year is, all, again, a bit of a shop window, a little bit for Chelmsford. Like, don't get me wrong, this Chelmsford side looks very, very good. And I've spoken to, I've spoken to Ben Painter over the summer and I've spoken to others. And this Chelmsford side, looks like it can challenge mm. which it couldn't do last year and this might maybe this is a case of maybe a bit of what in the I call national division i call solway syndrome where a team has made a lot of noise and made a lot of big splashes and has made has made the presentation look really really good but how will it go when you actually have to put it to the test will it bend or will it break kind of thing but this challenge for looks really really good right yeah. at a south one level and the ability to win is a big driver for getting guys to come. And if, you know, I'd, uh, I'm would uh I completely blanking on the chap who went to Stratton from Chelmsford.
1: Callum Burnett.
0: Thank you. But Callum, why has Callum Burnett gone to Stratton?
1: Well, yeah, we, we, we don't know. We weren't told no. anything. We found but, out but, he'd but, gone when Stratton announced that signed him.
0: But think, <laughs> but think about it this way. Why will he have agreed? You know, he could have, you know, Callum, Callum Burnett was, and I apologies, Callum, for forgetting your name, but... The captain of a, of a side like Chelmsford last year, he probably would have been fine on any, on any team in, in South 1, right? But why has he gone Streatham? Because oh, Streatham well. wanted him. Because Ben Payne will have wanted him on, on the roster. And if your options are a bunch of teams and the back-to-back-to-back champions, teams that win will get guys. Right. And if Chelmsford can prove they are a team that can win, if they push Streatham close, or heaven prefend, they even win the title next year. If the Bartlets go great, we're going out on top. Thanks, everybody. Thank you and goodbye. People want to play for the defending champions. People want to play for a team that's close. And that's how you end up. You know, maybe there are kids in the Warriors. Maybe there are kids in your under 18s that can step up and be the next, the next Cam, uh, the next Cam, um, you know, the next Kanban, the next Grant Bartlett. But, um, but, but maybe there are too many years down the track. Next year, it could be somebody else. You never yeah. know. And But the ability to come to a team that plays well and wins is a really, really big driver for people, I find. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: there. There is a, I think he's 14 now, uh, Ruben Terry in our academy. I'm, I'm hoping we might get to see a bit of him in Chieftains before he goes to a much higher level because that kid's mustered.
0: Well, if we do what the Scottish are doing, and we get to the point where fourteen, fifteen-year-olds are allowed to play, uh, yeah, so, you, know, the, you, the never, you never, you never know.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's something that I discussed with Dicky Watt actually when we spoke of God, episode nineteen, I think last season. Mm. That you know, surely there's got to be some sort of leeway in that, but like they do in America, like they did with Conor Bedard, but you know, they make an exception for an exceptional well, like, player.
0: Well, like I say, you, you know, it's obviously been a, uh, I think in British hockey for a while, and uh, that you know you can't play unless you hit. The age, until you hit the age of 16 but Scottish Ice Hockey uh, Jamie Thompson who is Scotland's uh, Scottish Ice Hockey sort of director of uh, sort of talent bits and pieces and also by sheer coincidence the, head, the assistant head coach of the Solway Sharks um, but the Scots have got a thing in place where 14 and 15 year olds you know there's going to be a metric to measure whether they're able to play senior hockey I feel if the Scots are going to be able to do it. I venture that will be coming to England before too long. But yeah, the yeah, but Chelmsford, you know, if there's whether it's Ruben Terry, whoever it is, like somebody will be there in the pipeline to take those boys' place. But there might be two or three years down the line, and you'll need somebody next year. And if Chelmsford can, if that Chelmsford side that looks as good as that does on paper becomes as good on paper, you know, becomes as good on ice as it is on paper, guys are going to want to play. They're going yeah. to want to be a Chelmsford Chieftain because they will know the opportunity to get medals in their pocket at the end of a season. Is there? Um, also, Chelmsford have Alan Lack, and the fact, and I've also just seen. Apparently, Alan Lack is your captain. He is indeed this year. Alan Lack is one of my favorite people in British hockey. He's one of my favorite players I've ever watched. Alan Lack is not a skillful guy, and I'm sorry, Alan. I know you, uh, whether you hear this or not, but you and I have known each other long enough where I can say this. Um, you do not sign Alan Lack to do anything with any degree of finesse he is going through you. And if he can't go through you, he will go through you. And then when that doesn't work,
2: he's He'll going go through, through
0: you. you. Yeah. Um, like he is the, I once described Alan Lack as uh you don't, um, you don't sign Alan Lack to be, a, to spark your offense. You sign him to be the fire. You sign him to be the chaos demon. You know, the, the ice hockey's ver- to, to, to use Alan Lack is to ice hockey what Yuki Sonoda is to Formula One chaos demon just throw him in there and watch the madness unfurl yeah I love Alan to death he is he's is one of the most entertaining people I've ever watched play the sport if you don't if Chieftains fans don't end up liking him by like about week four I, I I don't. You need to go to a doctor to check your pulse. Yeah. I think that I think
1: that boat has sailed. I think he's everyone's pretty much in love already. Just from these this weekend's performances in the Challenge Game, got his first goal on Sunday night as well. Um, yeah, and yeah, as you say, I, his energy was just infectious.
0: Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy pinball of a, of a human, former EPL champion as well in uh, in Basingstoke, uh, where he got put on a line with Thomas Karpov, who was our former, who was our former WHL. Uh, W H L player, former Sparta Prague player, played, played in the Spengler Cup, and there was Adam Lack who He was, he was just sort of "Why? What am, what am I doing here?" I think he's got. I think he's got about fifteen goals that season, all of them rebounds.
1: Yeah, and that, that, well, that's something actually that we discussed on the on the review last year. That, that Chelmsford didn't really do. They didn't clean up in front of goal. Um, no, that, but
0: you've and you've got guys like Alan Helton Barnes-Garner as well is great for grit as a gritty player. He's going to be, he has got absolutely no, no court calms about getting stuck in. I'm fascinated by Damon Porter as a signing.
1: As as we all are.
0: Because I think what's really interesting is that he's not signed from the, from the NCAA roster or from Arizona state. He's signed from the ACHA. So effectively their second team, their club hockey side. And, I've spoken to people in the, sort of in, you know, in, in the states who kind of keep tabs on college hockey and they're like, it's not the best standard. But from you know, having explained to them what South 1 is like, they are pretty certain he will be fine. <laughs> he will yeah. be fine here. If, and if actually,
1: anything, I mean, I didn't see him Saturday. He got his first goal Saturday. Mm. When I saw him Sunday, if anything, he looks almost like he thinks too quickly
0: for this level. And, and that's an issue as well here for yeah. a lot of guys has been the speed, yeah. or lack like thereof.
1: Because yeah. <laughs> he he seems to to do things that other people can't read, mm. and or get into a position that another person can't see. Um, but I think after a bit of time and a bit of training with with the guys, I I think he's going to be an absolute star.
0: Yeah, I see it, It's very very kind of reminiscent of Joe Rand when he signed on the Isle of Wight mm. all those years ago. Of um. Of being a guy who came from a much higher level, took a while for the gears to kind of tick. Oh, that's how I have to play here, and then just mm. murdered the murdered the league.
1: Well, I think he's the very, one of the massive reasons I think he's going to enjoy it. I had a chat with TJ Fillery on Sunday night because he, he's unfortunately out injured for a few weeks, mm. and uh, and he said like the, the first night and they've done the man the match awards and they get back in the change room and uh, excuse my Canadian accent, it's probably terrible, but Damon was like, "Why, why is there beer in here?" And as so Satija said, well, after the game, we all have a beer. We're allowed to have a beer. <laughs> so he's come from what sounds like an extremely professional setup. Um, although unfortunately he is gluten-free, so he won't be drinking the same beer as everyone else.
0: The yeah, I mean, he's come from Arizona, of course, and the United yeah. States being a being a being a country that makes no sense and having a drinking age of twenty one, where he's gone to he's gone to Essex, where I won't make the jokes in present company, but uh, people have probably had alcohol before the age of 21 in Chelmsford.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine if you turn their numbers around, you're probably somewhere right to closer <laughs> to the level.
0: You can make that joke, not me. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah I'm, no, te- Chieftains... I'm technically a Hartford cheer boy. I'm a I'm a fake
0: Essex boy, really. <laughs> yeah. But the Chieftains, like I say, for me, looking at that roster, and I, like I say, and I don't make predictions about who's going to finish in what position because I think it's pointless before we really get to see anybody yeah. but I'll do what I did for the, my national division preview on my website which is kind of the floor and the ceiling yeah. the floor for that Chieftain's team is back where it finished last year it's fifth I think I don't. this team does not look any worse than it did last year because it's significantly improved it's ceiling is the title it's ceiling really is and it sounds you know it sounds hyperbolic to say it but the, the ceiling for this roster with the quality that it has on it is being league champions and a place at Coventry to be that, to be the national champion, obviously there's a lot of people going to have a lot of say in that. But that chieftain side looks very very good. Jordan Lorde is automatically the best netminder in this division. There is no argument about that. I'm sorry what anybody else kind of kind of thinks on that one, but Jordan's pedigree and talent are are a level above what's already here. Um, and yeah, the I don't think the uh, yeah, you know, I don't see I don't genuinely see a bottom half finish in Chelmsford's future unless something goes really awry. But yeah, somewhere somewhere in the top 5 for uh, the, for the chieftains is where they'll end up.
1: I have done some sort of throwaway sort of finishing points um, cuz I do finish sort of somewhere in the middle of where you said. Um I've 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 tentatively put them down for 3rd. The only thing that worries me is the size of the roster and the potential mm-hmm. for suspensions. A very physical side this year. Um <laughs> so the- <laughs>
0: Every team in the country was a physical side last weekend. Apparently, yeah, yeah, it was, it was the heat got to everybody. In the heat
1: in the air. But yeah, I think with uh, once Cameron returns from suspension and Grant is now suspended, so once he returns from suspension, plus the addition of Alan Lack, um, uh, and we all know the f- sort of normal fire that's there. Kieran Rayner, Dan Fay, we we do have massive potential for suspensions, and with with a, a lighter roster that's the only thing I can see really causing a problem so I've had a little guess that the Chieftains might finish third fair enough but but right we'll, we'll leave the Chieftains there and we'll- a massive thank you to Anthony Russell from Battles on the Wall for joining me for the Britain season preview Obviously, in this episode, we've just done Champs for Chieftains. So the corresponding episodes will be for everybody to listen to, but then more specifically for the fans of the Red Hawks, for the Dynamos, for the Jets, for the City Stars, for the Buccaneers, for the Thunder and the Devils. Uh, so you've got your own little episodes there for the previews. And if you disagree or you do agree, you know, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think over on the social media channels. There's plenty of them for Zero Pucks given all around, whatever social media social media channels you might well be on. Fixtures for this coming weekend then. The Saturday, we'll see the Romford Buccaneers host the Stretton Hawks at the Sapphire. The Solent Devils will be hosting in Victor Dynamos. Anthony Russell will be down there for that one. Say hello if you see him. And there's another warm-up game for the Thunder. There's a storm going down in Milton Keynes as the Thunder face the Lightning. That should be an interesting game for them both. Uh, On to the Sunday then, Chelmsford Chieftains. They will host the Oxford City Stars at the Riverside. And the Invicta Dynamos will host the Romford Buccaneers and the Stretton Hawks will host the Slough Jets. Uh, make sure you check out all of their social medias and get the right place to buy tickets. Obviously, as we did in the, the season ticket manifesto episode, episode, don't get caught out by any of these scammers with the streams and the fake tickets. You know exactly where to go. So thank you so much for everybody for listening for this episode. And if you go on to listen to the rest of the previews, I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you so much to all the coaches who sent their thoughts in after the games. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your input on the podcast. It just really makes it such a great little thing that we get these coaches' thoughts in there. Really, I think everyone really does enjoy them. I certainly do. Really always good to hear. Also, go and check out that Hockey Art Co. website. We are now in a partnership. You can get a 10% discount listening to Zero Pucks Given. Use the code ZP10 when you check out on hockeyartco.co.uk. There is so much cool stuff on there. So once again, thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next week where we've got a massive episode. I'll be joined by Graham Hamilton. Who is the host of the Hawks Talk podcast? He's actually also one of the producers of Four Thousand and Counting, so he's massive in the world of the ice hockey podcasts. We're going to be talking about the Morale Division, so the North One, and we're going to find out everything that's going on up there, and then a little bit more specifically with Blackburn Hawks as well. And I'm also joined by Colin from MG One Elite. Now, this guy's training methods are absolutely off the scale. He's just opened training centers in the United States as well. He's probably one of the main reasons why British hockey players are just excelling in ice hockey across the world. So really looking forward to getting a chat to Colin. And there'll be a little post coming out later this week. Just if you want to send questions in, you want to know anything about the way he does his training, send those in and we'll get Colin to answer them. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next week this podcast is hosted by spotify for podcasters it is available on spotify apple podcasts amazon music and anywhere else that you get your podcasts you can follow on all the social medias it's at zero pucks given for youtube and facebook at zero pucks given podcast for instagram tiktok and threads at zero pucks pod on x and ben Hyde zpg on snapchat follow us on all of those and you will not miss a thing thanks for listening and we'll see you next time
0: Podcast Network.